Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hello, nurse. As I imitate uh, the Warners there, the Warner Brothers for a minute. Welcome friends, family, fans, fam, all y'all. Welcome to Nick's Nerd News. I am your host, Nick. Today is June 1st. It's the summer of George. It's not. It's not the summer of George. But welcome. Uh, I'm fresh off my trip to Star Wars Celebration this past weekend. We got some awesome Pokemon news today. Uh, there's a there's a lot a lot a lot a lot of things going on in the world this week in in, in nerddom, if you will. Um, we will uh, talk about Top Gun Maverick just a bit. Um, I want to mostly spend most of my end of the day talking end of the show talking about Star Wars Celebration, my thoughts on it, what I liked, what I didn't like. Um, how maybe they can improve it. Obviously, I don't have that kind of power. Um, but let's not waste any time. Make sure, of course, to uh, check out the show. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Share it with friends. Don't share it with friends. What, whatever, whatever you feel is is best. Um, I appreciate y'all no matter what. Um, let's get into what we're all here for. Um, of course, you know, check out the 101 League on Saturdays. Uh, they will uh, be hosting, they should be hosting this week again our tournament. Um, we'll see how that goes. I should be there Saturday. Um, if not, I'm sure it will be back soon. Uh, otherwise check out Panels Comic Book Coffee Bar on Saturdays for the 101 Leagues Super Smash Bros. Melee Tournaments. Uh, without further ado though, of course, let's get right into it, shall we? What's going on in the video game world? What is going on in the video game world? Well... I think all signs are pointing to Thor Ragnarok actually coming out this year and not getting a delay. Uh, I know people think it might not be, but it was rated in South Korea. Uh, that is a heavy indication that it, it usually is near release. Not exactly ready for prime time, but near release. Uh, and when we get to some other news later, you'll, you'll agree with me. I would be very excited if it did come out this year. I expect it at this point, though, in, in early fall or holiday season. Um, sticking on the PlayStation train here. PSVR 2 is expected uh, to launch with at least 20 games. And that is per the PlayStation uh, company, per Sony. Uh, one of these games is expected to be Horizon Call of the Mountain which will be a fully immersive experience in the Horizon Zero Dawn franchise uh, to expand on the experiences, as, as they've said. Uh, this is expected to be a PSVR 2 launch game. Um, we'll see, though, as it, it wasn't ex exactly clear if it will be, but the way Sony is heavily, heavy, marketing it, marketing it, heavy, heavy, 
I can't talk today. Um, it, they're putting it on their marketing for the PSVR 2 launch without explicitly saying it will be in the launch. Heavily? Heavily. Heavily. Um, also, Sony says they expect to be uh, done making PS4 games by 2025. What that means should be done now, um, but I guess they don't want to segment too much of the market. Um, we'll see, though. We'll, we'll see. Um, they've also, Sony is going really hard on TV adaptations. Uh, apparently, they have now announced um, in an investor briefing last week, uh, there is a God of War series, of course, coming to Amazon. We have a Horizon Zero Dawn-based series coming to Netflix. Um, of course, Uncharted, Last of Us, and Ghost of Tsushima are also being adapted in different ways. But yes, Horizon for Netflix, God of War for Amazon, uh, Gran Turismo TV show. No yet on when that's when that is coming or what it's going to be based about. Um, let me see. They're expecting PC game revenues to surge, but it's very interesting. Uh, of course, they're also working on Twisted Metal, which just got announced. Will Arnett will be voicing Sweet Tooth. Um, so Sony's just uh, putting themselves out there because... Twisted Metal will be on Peacock, of course, we already know. The Last of Us is going to be on HBO. So they're going to have a show on each of the different streaming services. Very interesting to spread themselves thin. Uh, I wonder if Horizon will be an animated property or if it will be live action. Because um, that will have a heavy budget for CGI just for the machines. I think they'd be better off doing a either a fully animated or a, a CGI type show. Um, and there is a Gran Turismo movie in the works, and they want Neil Blomkamp to direct it. If that happens, I don't know. Um, CD Projekt Red says Witcher 4 has entered pre-production. Uh, that means it will probably be out in the next few years as they try to get the expansions and next-gen updates out for Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, Phil Spencer has come out and said that he will recognize Raven Software's unionization uh, if if and when, I should say, um, the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard goes through. Uh, Phil Spencer said that, uh, quote, once the deal closes, we would absolutely support, support an employee's organization that's in place. We think it is the right of employees and something that can be part of a relationship between a company and people who work at the company, unquote. This is per Kotaku. Um, they have said they wouldn't stand in the way of any unionization. Uh, I guess they already have some unions on their campus up in Redmond. Um, the uh, deal, the acquisition should be done by the end of of June next year. Uh, so it, it is expected to close before, um, if not uh, during the the fourth quarter of their, their fiscal year 2023. 
um, which ends a year from this month. Uh, the only Star Wars news I'm going to share outside of Celebration Talk is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. It is a sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It takes place five years after the first game, um, which puts it in the same timeline as the Obi-Wan show. And uh, all we got was a cinematic trailer. It was not announced in an exclusive panel. It was announced to the world, essentially, on Star Wars Live. Um, that's one of the things I will be talking about in a little bit, so stay tuned for that. Uh, they also announced that Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords, will be coming to the Nintendo Switch uh, in a re-release. I think the first game was recently put on Switch as well. Uh, we got our Games with Gold and PS Plus games announced. Um, games with gold on Xbox are Avon Colony, Project High Rise, Super Meat Boy, and Rascals. Meanwhile, on PS Plus, you have Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, Naruto to Boruto, Shinobi Stalkers, and here's that, what I said would, uh, perk your ears up, God of War. This tells me, this is why I think God of War Ragnarok is coming out this year. Uh, because God of War is a free game this month for PS Plus subscribers. Could be wrong, though. Could be wrong. It's a great game. If you've never played it, you need to play it. It's amazing. Don't skip on it. Do not skip on it. Uh, IGN, in their monthly IGN First coverage, which is like a... think if you had like a magazine, it was a magazine cover. Um, they, uh, their focus, this, this, uh, their cover story, if you will, is... Sonic Frontiers, the new Sonic game that is expected to release later this year. It, uh, we got our first trailer uh, featuring gameplay and things like that. It's still a work in progress. It's going to be an open zone game. What that means is it's open world. Uh, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It, it's just, it's straight open world. <laughs> um, I'm excited. It looks fun. It looks cool. Uh, we haven't had an open-world Sonic game, I think, ever, or in a very long time. Um, Sonic Heroes, I think, or Sonic Adventure, whatever the one on the Dreamcast was. Um, but more will be coming out in the next few weeks, so keep an eye out on that. It does look fun. It does look somewhat polished, um, and I think they might have a win here with a new Sonic game. Uh, Sonic games have been hit or miss for the last decade or so, so stay tuned to that as we will cover it more and more. I'm a big fan of Sonic. I am a big fan of Sonic. It was also announced today that John Madden will grace the cover of Madden 23, all three versions of it, um, obviously in homage to the great coach and commentator after his passing this past December. Of course, the game has been named after him, uh, and he hasn't been on the cover for over 20 years. So it's long overdue, and also as a memorial to him. Uh, we also got new trailers for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet today. The internet, of course, is ablaze with rumors, thoughts, leaks, everything. Uh, it will have four-player co-op, which was kind of started in Sword and Shield. Uh, new legendaries that look really fucking cool. They they look like motorcycles almost. Um, everyone thinks that's what they are. 
Uh, they're like based off like desert lizards, which are really cool. The theme, of course, is still based on Spain. Uh, we have, we're getting two professors for the first time. Never seen that before. Um, new Pokemons, new professors, like I said. Uh, of course, everyone is very obsessed with how hot the new professors are. Uh, some people think they're the villains. If you go on Reddit, that's, that's the running theme right now. Uh, a lot of stuff is being hinted at having to do with time, present, past, future, based on Pokemon's names uh, and, of course, Japanese and Spanish words. I still don't know yet. Um, everyone is obsessed, of course, with Lechonk, the new pig Pokemon that seems to be based on Iberian ham. Um, Iberico ham. Wait. That's what it is, right? It's a delicacy, and yes, uh, Iberian ham, um, Iberico ham, excuse me, uh, definitely going to evolve into a larger one, but everyone loves Lechonk, that's literally his name, Lechonk, uh, and the game releases November 18th, it looks like it still needs some work, uh, it's definitely pulling from Pokemon Legends Arceus, in terms of having Pokemon in the overworld, there's uh, even a new Olive Pokemon whose name is Smoliv. <laughs> Funny. Uh, uh, the other thing I someone pointed out in a trailer I didn't notice before, but the Pokemon while looking very cute, and there's all, obviously a new Pokemon Pikachu uh, clone, uh, as you will. Um, they're putting more realistic textures on them while still looking kind of cute and cuddly. Uh, so that that's new. Um, but it looks like they got rid of Pokemon centers completely and just turn them into like what essentially look like gas stations. I saw a funny meme. Uh, I'm not super on board with that, but as long as the music still plays, we'll be okay. Uh, all that is online now. That was released early this morning. Uh, and with that, it was also announced that uh, Junichi Masuda, who was one of the co-founders of Game Freak, will be leaving Game Freak. Uh, he's not leaving Pokemon. Uh, as he's actually going to take over uh, and join the Pokemon Company. Um, he's now the chief creative fellow for the Pokemon Company. Uh, it will is where he will now oversee pretty much all of Pokemon in general. Uh, services, products, games, music, everything. Um, he, of course, composed the original music for the, the original games. Um... He then became the director on Ruby and Sapphire. Uh, he's directed, produced, or had significant influence over every game since then. Uh, and he did say, quote, I've served as the director of Pokemon video game series, starting with Pokemon Ruby and Pokemon Sapphire up until X and Y, and was involved in the development of many video games, including Pokemon Go. I would like to express my heartfelt thanks to all Pokemon fans. Going forward, I hope to transcend the boundaries of video games by trying to offer greater surprises, fun, and excitement to people all over the world, while doing my utmost to connect people, expand the circle of play, and to keep help and to help bring about a richer world for us to share. I appreciate your continued support in my new role. Unquote. It sucks that he's not involved in the games anymore, uh, but I think working at the Pokemon Company in general will mean that he is right back in the thick of it. Uh, and, and leading the Pokemon company in general in the right direction, and I couldn't ask for more. Um, last two stories. A new 
update for Xbox Live uh, will allow you to now view your uh, hidden secret achievements, if you wish. Uh, most people end up going online anyway. They, they're kind of saved as spoiler alerts, if you will. Um, and via Xbox Wire, the June update uh, updates this. Uh, you can choose to reveal them or not. It will include title description and how much gamer score. Um, you can hide it again or keep it open. Uh, it will be added to all consoles and apps on the on your phone, PC, everything. Um, I guess PlayStation has this for a while, but we'll see what uh, what happens. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to use this or not. Obviously, I don't want everything spoiled for me because achievements tend to do that for bigger games. Um, and then our final news story today and this week for video games. Uh, the Steam Deck dock has been delayed. Um, it was an official dock and uh, it, will, it, it has delayed this per blog post. Valve confirmed um, mainly due to supply chain issues. Um, it will feature USB 3.1 ports, one HDMI 2.0, a DisplayPort Display 1.4, and a gigabit, gigabit Ethernet jack. Um, still don't know retail pricing for it, though. It has been pushed back again. Um, we still don't know a release date for it. I'm sure there's other options that are already being manufactured through third parties or OEMs. Uh, moving on to TV, we're not going to talk about Kenobi here. Uh, we will talk about that during celebration. Um, Jodie Foster has been uh, cast for True Detective Season 4. Uh, that is expected to start filming soon, with I think a premiere date of next year. Um, Our Flag Means Death has also gotten a Season 2 renewal. And uh, we also found out more about John DiMaggio and his deal to come back as Bender. Um, he is now claiming he didn't get more money for agreeing to return to the revival of Futurama on Hulu. Uh, via Slashfilm, he claims that um, during a panel at Phoenix Fan Fusion, he didn't get the pay raise. So he said, quote, people are like, I'm so glad you got more money. Uh, I didn't get more money, but what I did get was a lot of respect and a lot of head nods from people who are like, yo, bro, I see you and thank you. Um, unquote. I don't know what that means. Um, and then he said, uh, he clarified that there wasn't any more money, but he said, quote, was quite rewarding to be praised and said, trying to get money out of Disney is like trying to get blood from a stone. You ain't going to get it. Uh, but, but listen, this was the best thing about that fight. I had Disney Hulu. I was holding on to their collective testicles so hard that they couldn't, you know, there was nowhere for them to go. But there was also nowhere for me to go, and who wants to hold on to those for that long? Um, unquote. So, we'll see uh, what happens. He did say they were going to use um, voice guest voices to voice Bender differently in each episode which a little better than just flat out replacing him but we don't have to worry about that because he's back 
props to him. Um, and then Stranger Things dropped this weekend, of course. Unfortunately, we have to wait a month uh, for the, the final two episodes. Uh, but they will be long. Uh, Stranger Things, though, like I said, dropped this weekend. Oh my god, does it go hard. Um, the one thing I'll say is I, I don't know if, if Vecna as a villain isn't as scary because they showed him off, um, they showed him off early. I, I don't know if, if that's, um, if that's what it is or if it's because, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, uh, uh, like a, a reason, um, like, I, or, or it's cause they're, they're, the kids are growing up and maybe that, that's why I, I just, I'm unsure to say the least. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely interesting for sure. Um, I think that First off, it's a really good season. I, I don't want to knock it. It sounds like I'm knocking it. No, I'm, I, I enjoy it very much. I think, I think they've gone all the way out on it. Uh, it's, it's interesting, though, that they've split everyone up. That, that's, that's different, different for sure. Um, the other thing I think is interesting that the Hopper storyline is actually really good. I'm, I'm enjoying that very, very much. Um, that is a very fun storyline. The other thing I was going to say is them going back and forth with the Upside Down and, and I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's not as scary because, again, we're four seasons in or I, I think it gets more mature with the kids aging and, and, and things like that and the story progressing or, or because they showed Vecna off in promotional material. Again, he's not as scary or menacing as a villain um, because we've seen him before and I think that's part of it. Uh, overall, though, he's still a very menacing villain, and the fact that he can take over people, and if you don't know someone's favorite song, it's a little freaky, but I, I just, I, I really enjoy it. I don't know where they're going with it. I think it's interesting that this is a different villain than we've had before, and he wasn't necessarily directly from the Upside Down, but maybe he's a villain that was created by Eleven, possibly. Uh, we don't know more yet. It, it does end on a cliffhanger, but um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes July 1st when the last episodes of Season 4 drop. Uh, that is it for TV. Uh, I didn't want to say a couple things about what's coming to Netflix this month. Uh, Anchorman is on there as of today, as is Dumb and Dumber. Some of the Mission Impossible movies. Christmas Vacation and Vegas Vacation will be on there. Uh, Pete Davidson has a new comedy special as well as bill burr this month keenan and kel seasons one and two from nickelodeon will be on there uh, as well as some other nickelodeon shows and umbrella academy season three drops june 23rd uh, that is it for netflix stuff uh movies i want to talk about so apparently there's a winnie the pooh horror adaptation in the works why this is a thing is beyond me. Just because something enters public domain doesn't mean you need to make something stupid or ridiculous. Uh, a common common comment me and my friends were making this weekend at Celebration. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. 
And the director, first off, these are her atrocious looking things. They're very B-movie horror looks. Uh, I guess they're real animals instead of stuffed animals. And uh, because Chris Christopher Robin left them alone, they got hungry and apparently Pooh and Piglet ate Eeyore, according to the director. And now they're hunting people. That That's a ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous thing. They're ugly. Fucking ugly things, too. Uh, sadly, we lost Ray Liotta last week. Um, of course, most known for Goodfellas and uh, Field of Dreams. I, of course, uh, am a huge Goodfellas fan. It's unfortunate that we, we did lose him. He was film, filming a movie in the Dominican Republic, and it uh, will go down as his last movie. Uh, we also got our new Pinocchio trailer. The live-action adaptation, it looks like it's more, it's pulling more from the cartoon than some of the other live-action adaptations from Disney, as in Pinocchio, literally just looks like a 3D version, uh, computer-generated version of the cartoon. I'm okay with this. Uh, very little Pinocchio in the trailer, though. That drops September 8th on Disney+. Plus. Um, and before I get into some other things... I noticed I didn't talk about Chippendale Rescue, Rescue Rangers last week, or the week before. Uh, I really liked it. It's on Disney+. Plus. Um, first off, Ugly Sonic is in that movie way more than he has any business being in that movie. Um, if you ask me, though, that's how you do nostalgia right. Um, that's where Warner Brothers failed with Space Jam A New Legacy. And that's where they, this is where Disney surprisingly got it right with Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Now, it's still weird hearing John Mulaney's voice and Annie Sandberg's voice out of Chippendale. Uh, they did a good job, though. Um, there's a lot of cartoon references in there that I did not expect from properties all over. Um, the funniest scene I died laughing, though is it's all the Seth Rogen characters. In First off, in his movie and then from other movies, you had... Um, you So you had his like Viking character from this movie, and then you had Pumbaa from the Lion King remake, then you had Mantis from Kung Fu Panda, and then you had Bob from Monsters vs. Aliens. And they're just all there like laughing, like... <laughs> and I just... I was fucking dead. I was so fucking dead when I saw that. It was great. It was hilarious. There's a, there's posters for ridiculous movie crossovers making fun of Hollywood. Getting really meta, even though Disney does it too. Like, uh, it had Meryl Streep as Mr. Doubtfire. Then it had Batman vs. E.T., which wouldn't ever happen because E.T.'s owned by Universal. But But still, just like the ridiculousness of it. Uh, it also makes fun of, like, bootleg movies. Um, it's just, it, it, it was, it was subversive and meta, surprising coming from Disney, and I really enjoyed it, uh, and it, it didn't mess with, with things, and I, that's what I liked about it. Um, Top Gun Maverick wins the holiday weekend with $124 million, Tom Cruise's biggest uh, uh, domestic opening, which I'm actually surprised at, uh, but not at the same time. Uh, it is Top Gun Maverick. Movie is great. 
I, I highly recommend it. Um, there's very little CGI in it. Tom Cruise wanted to make sure all the plane stuff was filmed with real planes. Uh, he taught his, his cast how to film themselves inside the, the cockpits of the planes. Um, definitely better than the original. I, I'm not a huge fan of the original movie. Um, this movie, though, way better, really well. Uh, a, there's some, the story towards the end is kind of like, it, it didn't fit, it doesn't fit the Top Gun theme, but I get what they're trying to do with it, and it helps tell the story, but I, I think it's just, it's very out of place in, in Top Gun that tends to be a little more based in reality, um, than, than some other Tom Cruise films or other movies in general. Uh, it just felt very generic action movie-y to me. That's not really a word, but but you get what I'm saying. Um, overall, very much enjoyed it. Solid 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, I love the new cast. Um, John Hamm's really good. Tom Cruise is as great as always as, as Pete Maverick Mitchell. Um, it's unfortunate with, with, with Val Kilmer's health issues that he couldn't be in it more, but... Very, very good movie. Very good movie. I highly recommend it. Yes, it's American propaganda, but that's perfectly fine in my opinion. When it's Top Gun, it's okay. Uh, and then uh, Chris Hemsworth has let the world know that Furiosa, the prequel to Mad Max Fury Road, has begun filming uh, in Australia. George Miller, of course, at the helm, uh, filming another f movie in the franchise. He created um, that is it for our normal news this week uh, the rest of the time today I do want to talk about Star Wars Celebration um, Star Wars Celebration of course is the I guess it's annual biannual convention for all things Star Wars I, I guess in the US you could say it's it's biannual biannual because it's it's not in the u.s every year um i know it's been kind of like all over the place with with covid and everything um they dropped the numbering a while back this is my third celebration uh the first one i went to was celebration four in 2007 um the second was celebration anaheim which was 2015 uh and then oh they actually have been way more consistent than i thought um, of course, Reed Pop took over a while back, but let me see. So they, yeah, they were just about every few years. Celebration one was 99, two was 2002. So three years actually in the past. Celebration three, oh five, four, 2007. Celebration Europe was 2007. Japan was 2008, Celebration 5 was 2010, so every two, three years, Celebration 6 was 2012, um, and then Celebration Europe 2, 2013, Anaheim 15, Europe 3, 2016, um, 2017 was Celebration Orlando, Celebration Chicago was 19, so yeah, every two years. Um, Celebration Anaheim 2, of course, was originally supposed to be 2020, or 2021, I think it was. Uh, of course, it was canceled because of the pandemic, um, but 
Uh, yeah, it was going to be fall of 2020. They moved it up, of course. And then they did announce Celebration 4, uh, Celebration Europe 4, which will be next April in London. I will not be attending. I try not, I don't usually attend the non California ones. Um, I will consider Florida. Um, but there's a couple things uh, I wanted to talk about. And it was fun. Don't get me wrong. It was very, very fun. I had a lot of time there. I had a lot, a lot of fun times there. Uh, I, I just have issues with how they handled it. All of the... Um, all of the, the first panels of the day in the celebration stage, the main stage, had to be pre-registered for and... Standby was not guaranteed. Uh, it was also based on the lottery. So if you didn't get it, you had to go wait and standby. Somehow, uh, I only got one panel that I actually lucked out in getting an actual seat for. And that was the Light and Magic panel on Saturday mo or Friday morning. Um, but le let me just break it down day by day. Um, I had a lot of fun because this time I was with friends. My first, I was with family. My second was kind of with friends. That kind of fell apart and just ended up kind of doing it more alone. That was fun, but not as fun as with people the whole time. Um, the stuff they announced was fun to see, and getting to experience that was fun. Uh, being with Star Wars fans again after such a long break, big, big, big fun. Uh, I liked that it was a little more uh, controlled in, in terms of who could get in and out of the area. Uh, I, I did like that there were more things to be shown off that you wouldn't expect to be at a celebration, uh, like new new um, new licenses, which I know some people are like, oh, they license it to everything. But no, they, they actually license it to higher quality companies um, like Yadro, Citizen Watch, Neff, the DC shoes of all things, um, I, I, that I'm cool with. Um, but before I get to like what I was disappointed with, I just I want to break down every day. Uh, I made the decision to drive up every morning um, and back every evening. Uh, just even with gas prices, it was it was cheaper to to, to travel back and forth uh, than stay in a hotel. Um, but what, what I did get into, luckily, was the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase. So the main panels, uh, this was like the opening panel, essentially, uh, or the showcase. They streamed in two additional rooms within the convention center. So the main stage is where you wanted to be. That way you could see them on stage. You wouldn't have to watch them from a screen. Then they had the Galaxy stage and the Twin Sun stage. I lucked out. Uh, and eventually got into the Twin Sun stage streaming. Um, of course, I waited almost uh, half an hour and missed a large portion of the showcase. Um, but I did get to watch it on screen. I did get to see the Willow stuff. I don't really care about Willow, but they announced it and showed off a trailer. It's not Star Wars, but it is Lucasfilm. I got to see John Williams perform the Obi-Wan Kenobi theme before anyone else. Uh, that was cool technically seeing him live. 
technically, um, was there when they announced Indiana Jones 5 for June 30th of 2023. Harrison Ford making his only appearance of the weekend, <laughs> if you get my drift. I uh, got to see John Favreau and Dave Filoni talk about The Mandalorian um, and Ahsoka and a few other things. Um, I like how that was handled. That's almost like what I saw at the showcase where they ended the show in 2015 when they announced Rogue One, things like that. Um, then my biggest issue, my, my issues started from there. I missed two panels I wanted to go to because I decided to get in line for the Celebration store. I waited an hour. And when I got to that first hour and I saw how much waiting there was left to do, A, I was already angry that I was missing panels, and B, I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. I'm out. So, another thing that was introduced this year, light speed lane. Uh, it's similar to how the fast pass system at Disneyland used to work. You had to, um, you had to go on the app, which not the greatest thing, uh, and go into their reservation system. And you could only sign up yourself with one guest. Hopefully you got in in time. It was a queue system similar to how the, the PS5 queue system and Xbox queue systems worked. Uh, and then once you got in, if you were lucky, there were still reservation times to pick. It was broken. Um, and like if you weren't in on time, you were fucked because of how many people were using it. Defeats the purpose of it, if you ask me. Um... I didn't have that, so I got screwed there. From there, though, I went and hung out with my friends. Um, we got to go to uh, a few panels that day. Not a whole lot. Uh, spent the day kind of walking around, engaging, everything. Um, more Mandos this year than Stormtroopers. The 501st, the 501st was there, but they weren't in costume. It's very rare to see that. Um, but I, my friends and I think that it's because there was a lot, because it was harder for people to come. So this year you had to do a health check, uh, which you got a special wristband that you couldn't loosen. Uh, I had to get mine replaced once because of how tight it got. Uh, but it kept kind of riffraff out. Like only people with convention tickets and things like that and with a health check, which either proof of vaccination or um, uh, proof of a negative test, which <clears throat> didn't work if you look at the internet um kind of kept like protesters and other people out that might have just been hanging out and causing a scene um my issue with that though was then the lines for food were still fucking atrocious um took us half an hour to get food the first day food trucks still half an hour 45 minutes some other days um but one thing we did get into, and I was surprised and happy about this, was we got to go into the Mandalorian experience, which was announced at the show by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. We luckily, I got light speed reservations, but I walked up, no line, uh, and they had all the props, screen used, everything for the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. Got to see Cad Bane, got to see the miniatures used, because Star Wars is using miniatures again. Um, everything. Costumes, up close, personal. I posted some pictures on my personal uh, Instagram, 
Um, I tried to post some things on my my the Nixner News Instagram. Uh, follow me at the Nick DeFalco if you guys want to see that. I'm gonna try and post everything either on the website, on my personal Facebook, or somewhere to see everything because I took a lot of pictures of a lot of merch that didn't necessarily need to be posted, but stuff I was interested in. Um, and I'll I'll post all the pictures I took in the Mandalorian experience. That was fun to see, but again. The only thing I got to really do that day was the showcase. Not the greatest day. I didn't get to see Ian McDermott at Audience with the Emperor. Someone asked him about doing a, a Emperor prequel show, and he's like, that would be cool, but he's not going to be an Obi-Wan. Um, also, that'd be kind of dumb. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Only if Darth Plagueis came back. Um, we got to see the Andor teaser that day. Andor looks fucking cool. It comes out in August, and they don't use the volume or the stagecraft for it. Um, and then, but we also got announcements the Mandalorian Season 3 is coming in 2023, I guess February. Uh, the new show from John Watts is coming next year. It's called Skeleton Crew and stars Jude Law. So that was announced. Um... But it, it it just, it it was weird. It was kind of surreal. Um, and then because uh, we didn't get into anything, I didn't see all the trailers that were announced. But, you know, it, it it's okay. The one perk I got from getting in late, I got a special wristband. I could have gone to the Obi-Wan Kenobi premiere that night. It wouldn't have been in the big, the main theater, which sucks. Um, which the whole stars, the cast and crew, the cast was there, Ewan, Hayden, all of them. Um, but that's okay. It was late. I drove home. They ended up releasing it three hours early. I watched it at home Thursday night. Uh, so I, that, that, I think that was better. I would have been able to hear more. Obviously people would have been cheering. It would have been loud. Wouldn't have been able to catch everything. Um, so day one, that was my day one. The next day, uh, I go up a little bit later. So I, I don't have to wait in the queue hall. Uh, but again, I did have the required reservation to get into the panel for Light and Magic, which is an upcoming documentary series uh, from Lawrence Kasdan about industrial light and magic, the, the ILM, the company that pretty much does all the special effects for Star Wars and just about every other movie. Really cool there. I got to see Ron Howard. I got to see Phil Tippett. I got to see... Um, Joe Johnston, who did way more for Star Wars than I realized. He also directed um, Jurassic Park 3. Um, and then Dennis Murin. Uh, these are all people that are very important to um, to Star Wars, to ILM, things like that. Uh, Joe Johnston also directed the Captain America, the very first Captain America. So this guy's a big deal. Um, but he also pretty much drew every Star Wars ship you can think of on the original Star Wars uh, and worked with... Um, he was a visual effects artist. Uh, and and you, he worked with Ralph McQuarrie. So he's like Doug Chang, but on the original trilogy. Um, so that was a fun panel to watch. That documentary comes out in July. From there, I uh, spent the day more with my friends. And we didn't get to see everything. Um, but 
because I did want to see, oh, the day before, Star Wars Explained was there. I wanted to see them, didn't get a chance to, uh, at least their panel. I did see them out on the floor, though, so that, that, that was cool. Um, I wanted to do the toys that made us, didn't get to do that. Um, I, I, I just, what we ended up getting to see, though, that day in the main room was the Attack of the Clones 20th Anniversary Celebration panel. By far the best panel of the weekend. Um, it started out with just um, Anthony Daniels, Tamura Morrison, Daniel Logan, Doug Chang, and Matthew Wood. Uh, and uh, uh, why can't I think of his name? He helped create uh, Photoshop. And he came up with the Rogue One idea. Um... Why can I not? John Knoll. They were there. Uh, Tamara Morrison telling the greatest stories ever. Uh, it was hosted by Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka. Uh, Tamara Morrison is literally the coolest dude ever. Me and my friends did get to meet him, air quotes around that, because my friend decided to pay for a signature and got up close to him, didn't get to really interact with him, but got very close to Tamara Morrison. Uh, of course, Star Wars is promoting it now all over their pages but the crowd got tamura to do the like a bantha like a bantha like and do that move in the panel the first time he ever did the meme um and it turns out that wasn't even in the script uh he, his storytelling is amazing um but from there though ewan and and hayden came out we had no idea they were going to be there they came out talked about the movie as well coolest fucking experience of my life seeing them um, the crowd erupted when Hayden and Ewan came out. It was the first time Ashley Eckstein had met Hayden Christensen. And that was a cool moment between them on stage and the crowd, like, screaming and yelling. And here's another disappointment. The next disappointment I had that day happened. I was in a panel when we found out that Star Wars Jedi Survivor was announced. It wasn't announced in a panel... It wasn't announced anywhere. There was no video game panels. There was no EA panels. It was announced on the Star Wars Live stage. Which, it's a little frustrating that that, wasn't that didn't have like a whole video game panel. First off, the fact that there was no video game panel with the amount of video games in development in the Star Wars universe is, is frustrating for one. I know a lot of them are early in development, but could have had someone there talking about what their plans are. Two, I get that it's on Star Wars Live, but there should have been something more with that. And I get that's a great announcement for the whole world to enjoy, but, and I've seen some creators online complaining about celebration in general and not everything streaming. Like, no, not everything should be streamed. I get not everyone can go to it. I get not everything can get released online, but people are paying to go to this to, to get exclusive news Something should be behind that paywall, behind that behind closed doors. Um, otherwise, it kind of defeats the purpose of going to Star Wars Celebration. I, I see both sides of it. I do. Because it sucks not being able to see some of the Mandalorian and Ahsoka footage that were shown off on Saturday. Because we did miss that. Um, but it, I, it, it just I, I knew it would get it leaked online eventually, so I wasn't super upset. That was a fun panel to be in. 
Um, like I said, experiencing them as a whole like that, amazing. And Tamura, the greatest dude ever, if you ask me. Um, I also stayed every day till the end and beyond, which I've never done at a convention. I've never stayed past closing. Um, but we did that panel and then we just walked the show floor. I picked up some art pieces that I pre-ordered. I got to buy some stuff at the fig pin booth at the stance booth. So I, I did get some things, um, I was happy to get and, and enjoy. My next day, Saturday, um, another day that wasn't exactly the best day. Uh, I went up early. Well, I had I got up a little later than I wanted to, and unfortunately I was a little late getting in. Uh, I had to get a new wristband. But this was the day I was determined to get into the store. And because of this, first off, my friends didn't really get into the Mando panel. Neither did I. Um... This is where they showed off more Mando Season 3 stuff, which is going to be focusing on uh, a situation between Mando and, and Bo-Katan, Bo which is really cool. Uh, Babu Frick apparently showed up. Babu Frick, of course, being the droid repair dude from The Rise of Skywalker. And uh, some other characters showed up. Uh, they showed off Ahsoka, which was not expected. And it will feature Sabine. It will feature uh, Hera. It will feature Grand Admiral Thrawn, confirmed, Chopper confirmed, and they had their live-action Chopper out, which was cool to see. Uh, they confirmed that that actress is playing um, Sabine Wren. Uh, Bordelizzo is her last name. Um, I, I guess Hayden will be in it, too. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was confirmed to be in it by her husband, Ewan McGregor. Uh, Natasha Lou Bordelizzo, yes. She will be uh, playing Sabine Wren. Um, they they reenacted a scene from Rebels. Um, so I am very excited to see where that show goes. I wish I could have seen it. I've seen some pictures online. They're grainy, not great. Um, but let me talk about my store experience. The store took, overall, because I didn't have a fast past lightning lane, light, light speed lane thing, was a two and a half hour experience. And I don't mean a good experience. This was a clusterfuck. Again, two hour, two and a half hour experience. An hour to get in. 45 minutes in the pin line. The pin line to get the pins for the show. And now I know why it took so long for people to get into the store. The store closed every day at 11 o'clock to general admission. The convention started at 10. Okay? That shows you how fucking long the line was every day for people. There were lines inside the store. Why it took 45 minutes to get pins when someone should just be able to walk up, especially if ones are sold out, and the day I went to the store... The Grogu sold out, the Funko. Granted, I wasn't going to get one, but still, it sold out before I even got in the store. Just shows you how ridiculous it was. Pins were limited to five each of, for each person, which, again, is extreme, if you ask me. That's way too much. 
The Bad Batch ones were sold out. I didn't get my Grand Admiral Thrawn, though, so I was happy. But 45 minutes in a line to get pins where they had people working, and you just walked up and said, give me this pin, this pin, this pin. Should not have taken that long. Okay, I get there were only a few people working, but it could have been better organized. Trying to get shirts was a fucking clusterfuck. I found out that they didn't even have the racks up the day I got there. But at the same time, they had shit just in boxes on the floor. Like, what? This company should should runs conventions. They should know how to organize a store. Everything was just mishmash, waste of space. Everything was wide open, I get, because of COVID and stuff. I, maybe they were trying to do that. Couldn't find the shirt I wanted. Completely out of the sizes I wanted. More shirts of one thing than others. You need to, like... I get some of it's exclusive, but you need to gauge what people might be interested in. You need to have stricter limits on things. And then prices were also a little extreme. Then, to get a special pin, like a a Job of the Hut pin, it was an incentive pin, you had to spend X amount of money to spend X amount of money to get the pin. Which, again, a little ridiculous. The pin should have been free if you spent that amount of money. Um... Some things, there were art pieces that were numbered, not sold at all. I saw, because I got into the store at the end of the day on Sunday. They were just letting people walk in at that point. Um, Some things weren't just not selling at all, which was a little ridiculous to me as well. Um, The prices on stuff, again, was a little high. The big Bantha tiki glasses, cookie jars as they're calling them, barely selling at all. Uh, some of the shirts I'm happy I got ahead of time. Some of this, some more of this stuff should have been sold ahead of time. Um, I wish I could have bought some of these, these shirts. There's so many different themes going on. Um, and a lot of stuff sold out way sooner than it should have. Because, like, again, they didn't have the proper limits. I like that they put some of the memes onto the merch. That's cool that they're referencing that. But again, the store was a clusterfuck. The books in the store were run by a different company. They were seamless, easy, quick and easy. Buy a book, I'm in and out. Everything else, clusterfuck. Then, they also had a line for like a a screen printing on shirts to get semi-custom shirts that they weren't selling just basic. A line for that. Then this is where I also come to find out. Despite the fact that they had 50 checkout stands. There were still ridiculously long to check out. Line, long line to check out. And now I can understand why just waiting to get into the store took an hour. This is not a thing that should be happening. It should not be taking this long to go in and out of a store for a convention. Again, I don't know if it's because of COVID and they weren't letting that many people in at a time. I don't know if it's because of just the the process for it in general. I, I just, it, it was a not great experience. And it could have been handled much, much better. Much, much better. I, I just was not happy with how they handled that. I should not, and and, and it's like that every time. I was talking to someone in line for the store the first day, and they're like, oh yeah, it took five hours one day. You shouldn't have to waste a day to go to the store. 
You shouldn't have to waste a day to go to the store. And that was my biggest frustration. It's just the lines for everything. It never used to be like that. I do not want to gatekeep. I hate gatekeepers. People should be happy to, to, to share things that they love with people and get more people to love it as well. Nothing wrong with that. My issue is they should limit the amount of people that go to the convention. Otherwise, it ruins the experience for everyone. For literally everyone. I don't care who you are. It ruins the experience to have to sit in a line for something. Or to have to, to hope you get in on standby. Standby line makes sense, right? You still have a limited amount. And still some panels are limited. I get that. I'm totally fine with that. But, but, when lines are taking hours and hours, or you have to go hope you get in the standby line hours before hoping to get a spot even in a streaming room, you've lost the plot. You've lost the plot completely. Also, the fact that you had to wait that long for food, again, ridiculous ridiculous amount of time being spent in lines that is not how this should be it's not how this should be i'm sorry i'm frustrated with that more than anything i'm happy people got to be there i'm happy it's back i just wish it wasn't that i had to wait in the, all these ridiculous lines that that's it that's that's my my big issue I missed the Mando conversation, um, but what I did get into then that day is we uh, saw the behind the scenes of the Mandalorian in the Book of Boba Fett. That was kind of cool. Uh, we got to see how they film things and stuff like that. Um, we went to... Uh, what did we do after that? Uh, we went to... We missed the Tales of the Jedi... Uh, announcement, which is the new show from Dave Filoni uh, that will feature all the Jedis, uh, essentially in different stories. Uh, the It will feature a story about Ahsoka when she is a baby before she gets taken. Uh, it will feature a story about Count Dooku. It will feature a story about um, Qui-Gon, and Liam Neeson is returning to voice Qui-Gon in the show. Uh, and that will premiere later this year. Um... I think they said it was later this year. They're going to be short little episodes. They won't be... It's not a full show. Um, like, one episode's 15 minutes long. Um, that comes this fall. That trailer should be out. I don't know why it's not. Um, or at least it will be soon, because that premieres soon. Um, so that one I missed. Uh, then... Another thing that got announced on the main stage, the live stage, Star Wars Visions is coming back uh, in 2023. And it will feature animation from all over the world, not just Japan. Again, that should have been in a panel somewhere. Um, but I'm happy that got to be shared with the rest of the world. So that, that was cool. Um, missed the archives panel. Uh, we didn't do the Doug Chain designing the Mandalorian because... That line was out of control. So what we did see... This is Saturday. Was we went to 
the Star Wars or Del Rey behind the scenes. This was a fun panel because they talked about some of the, I've been a little trepidatious about some of the new Star Wars books. And um two one of the books they announced didn't really care for. Everyone was talking about it because it's almost like a remake of the Courtship of Princess Leia, because but it's a tie-in with the Halcyon, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. Well, whatever. Um, but the other two books had me very interested. Brotherhood, a story about Luke and or Luke, about Anakin and Obi-Wan. Wasn't interested before, very interested now. Um, and then another new book, which was about the Sith. Um, and so I learned something new. Apparently the, um, apparently the novelization of the Revenge of the Sith is like the Bible for a lot of these people. Uh, did not know that. Um, which is interesting. I guess there's way more connections in that book to the old EU and to non-movie stuff than there ever has been in a novelization. Um, which I'm kind of cool on that. Um, that would have been really cool to see. Um, or I can't wait, or I need to read it. I own it, I've never read it. Uh, sorry, this book is Shadow of the Sith, and it will feature a story with Luke and Lando. Yes, Luke and Lando hunting Orochi, the um, assassin who killed Ray's parents. Um, so we, we learned that, we finally learned the names of, of Ray's parents. Um, Ochi, not Orochi. I don't know why I say Orochi, but Ochi. Um, that comes out next month. I'm very interested in that book. Uh, Brotherhood. Uh, of course, I missed some of the High Republic stuff. I'm okay with that. Um, Star Wars Brotherhood, which just came out, probably should have bought it and had him sign it because he was there. Uh, that one is about Obi Wan and Anakin during the Clone Wars, and there's some other stuff that tie in, and it's the mission to Keta Nemoidia, um, which ties into the movies and everything like that. So uh, that was a cool panel. Had me way more interested in, in some of the books than I ever was before. Uh, in Shadows of the Sith, uh, we get, we're going to have our first ever um, interaction between Luke and Force Ghost Anakin, which I think we've always wanted but never had, had it before. Um, so that's cool. But it, it made me excited about Star Wars books again. And I, I haven't been excited in a very long time. Um. But that, that was some of the good stuff. Um, and then on Sunday, disappointment once again. What we did go to was the Bad Batch Season 2 premiere. We did get into that. No issue. Standby. Uh, walked right in, pretty much. Um, well, no, we were in the standby line. And then because we were some of the last people in, we got floor seats, which means we were guaranteed for the rest of the day. Um, Bad Batch Season 2 looks amazing the animation is cleaned up nice and tight the story is set a little bit after season one the the bad batch have new color schemes everything it looks legit and the trailer we saw is very different than the trailer they released to the public very just a like an hour after uh, i am very excited for the bad batch season two 
It is dropping later this fall. Uh, I know a lot of people were were concerned about that, um, but I am stoked about Bad Batch season two more so than I I thought I was going to be because it was so up and down before, but now it looks amazing. Then we stayed for the um, screening of the last four episodes of The Clone Wars, the Siege of Mandalore arc. The friends I was with, they'd never seen it. So that was fun to do. So we stayed for that. Watching that on the big screen was amazing. Uh, Then Dave Filoni came out and talked about it. Um, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the other coolest thing I saw. Sorry, going back to the Bad Batch panel, uh, the cast was there, and some of the, the crew and writers. D. Bradley Baker was there. We got to watch him have like a conversation as the Bad Batch, just in person, and him doing all the voices in person and switching seamlessly between them. That was fucking cool. Um, we also got confirmation that Commander Cody will be showing up in Season 2 of the Bad Batch, and I don't think he's going to stay with the Empire long. Um, going back, though, to the celebrate the, uh, the, the, the Siege of Mandalore, watching Dave Filoni talk about the Clone Wars and stuff is just, it, it's, it's so fun. It's the coolest thing ever. He's so giddy. He's like a little schoolboy because he loves Star Wars so much. Um, and then the one thing we stayed for was going to be the celebration closing ceremony. I hyped it up because the closing ceremony at 2015 was when they announced Rogue One and, and all that. And I thought they're going to announce either the Taika movie or they're going to um, announce something, right? I, I thought they were going to show off something that we we didn't know. And the only, it was just, it was all people just talking about the hosts of all the the stages, and I was just like, we stayed for this when we could have gone and done something else? Um, just a big letdown there. They did announce Celebration Europe for, for London next year, but again, I don't really care about that. I know that's more for fans at home and everything like that, because it was streamed live. Um, but then we went back to the store, and it was a just as big a clusterfuck as it was the, the day before, and it was at the end of the day. Um, but I, I just, they need to fix it, the store more, and maybe in the future it won't have all the COVID restrictions. I think maybe that was part of it, or maybe they'll like be a little better organized and they'll have racks out all the time and they just want to have boxes thrown on the floor. Maybe the pin line won't take 45 minutes anymore. I, I just, it needs to be better organized. Um, and it shouldn't, I shouldn't have to wait an hour to get in. That alone is frustrating. Like, I get it. They're, they're, they don't, they're limited space on a store. But, like, at Disneyland, you don't have people waiting fucking three hours to walk into a store at Disneyland. Come on. They know what they're doing. It's just, I don't know if this company, Read Pop, knows what they're doing. Because it seems like other people I've talked to, there's something wrong, they fix it, and then more wrong, and they're constantly fixing Shouldn't be constantly fixing. Um, I don't know. Some of the other stuff, uh, it was weird that a lot of the exclusives weren't available at the store. You have to pre-order them. They're not available yet. 
the Hasbro exclusive of, of Paz Vizla, but John Favreau in the costume on the toy. Uh, that's coming in later in the year. The Sideshow exclusive gets released later in the year. Um, the Funko booth wasn't even worth standing in line for. Um, it, it was it was interesting. It was very interesting. Um, I'm I'm happy that smaller companies got to be there though because they get to sell stuff that's not available anymore, and I do appreciate that. Um, then there was just a lot of like other generic crap that I don't really like. Like they sell like the cheap shirts and the cheap lanyards and all that other crap, and I get it. That's I get it. Trust me, I do. It's just that really has no place at the Star Wars convention. And and maybe it does. And maybe I look down on it when I shouldn't. And I, I, I'm very selective when it comes to my Star Wars apparel. Uh, I don't really like to wear generic Star Wars stuff that you can buy at like Target or anything like that. Just because everyone has that. And, and I do want to have some different stuff. Um, either I'll buy it from a special website or I'll get more exclusive things just because I like to be like, I love Star Wars enough that I will seek out things that the general public might not know about. And, and I, I just, I wear it. I, I don't know. Maybe it's too much. I get it. I get it. And I'm being nitpicky now. Uh, um, but, uh, the other thing we did on the last day was we did Rancho. Oh no, we did it on Saturday. Rancho Obi-Wan, uh, which I always love to do. Steve Sansweet. It's uh, essentially like the, the Star Wars archive, but it's for every like piece of collectible that's ever come out. The theme this year was Boba Fett and Mandalorian. That was really cool to see all that stuff. I have all those pictures. I will try to post them soon. Um, but that was a fun experience. But again, waiting in line to get into it, waiting in line to go through it. Um, and I didn't get to talk to Steve this time, but that's okay. Uh, he's literally one of the nicest people ever. If you guys ever need to look up stuff, just look up Rancho Obi-Wan. Um, I bought some of their stuff too because it, it's technically a donation to them to keep the Rancho Obi-Wan going. Um, but a again, I just there's, there's things that they can fix. There's a lot of wasted space at the convention center for how big it is. Um, they still kind of force people into these smaller areas so it's a little more crowded than it should be. Uh, there were lines for everything, and and I, I think they need to cut back on the amount of people they they let in. I don't I don't want it to be super exclusive, um, but I don't want it to be too many people either because it kind of defeats the purpose. Um, the one thing my friends and I agreed on is that it would almost be worth it to buy the Jedi Master VIP ticket the next time, which is double the price, so eight nine hundred dollars. Um, but it's it's for convenience. It's to guarantee entry into the store. It's guaranteed entry uh, and and special select seating at at the the main panels uh, that were in the auditorium. Uh, it's it's early access to the show floor, so that way maybe you can get some merch before the general public gets it. Um, would definitely definitely plan on staying there next time, just because driving up back and forth is a pain in the ass and. I could have stayed for the Obi-Wan premiere, uh, and, and I didn't because I wanted to get home. Um, 
there's just a, a lot of things that I can change for my future to make it or my future attendance to make it a better better experience. Uh, but I think there's also things that Reed Pop and Disney can do to make it a better experience. And 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 it it just it was weird. There was also not as many cosplayers as usual. That was interesting. There was a lot, but not as many. Um, I also got to meet one of my favorite TikTokers, so that was cool. Uh, Straw Hat Goofy, who does a lot of nerd stuff and movie breakdowns and stuff on TikTok uh, and, and, and Instagram. That was cool. He was just chilling out front, and I got to say hi. Um, there were a couple other YouTubers and stuff I, I was hoping to meet and didn't get a chance to. Um, hopefully next time or some other convention they might be at. Um, and then I just wanted to touch on Obi-Wan just a little bit before we go. I'm, there, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, the girl they cast as... Young Leia, fucking amazing. The sass on that girl is out of control. Uh, today's episode was wild. Vader's back. Got confirmation that James Earl Jones is the voice of, of Darth Vader again, which is good to hear because I know he's getting old. I'm sure it's getting harder and harder for him. Um, emotional gut punch on today's episode, though. But Obi-Wan is a great show. Ewan McGregor is doing great as a jaded, jilted, like, PTSD Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I can't wait to see where this show goes, and we're already halfway done, which is unfortunate, but it it's meant to be that way. So, I, uh, I'm excited. And can't wait for for bad batch season two now and of course mandalorian season three next year and ahsoka not long after that but uh that is it this week uh for nixner news thank you guys for listening to me rant about star Wars celebration thank you guys for listening week in week out as always check out nixnerdnews.com where you guys can listen to the show right in your browser or if you prefer search uh, or you can find our links to our spotify podcast Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast pages, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. We're on all of them. Uh, that way you can take the show with you wherever you want, listen whenever you want, and uh, subscribe to us there as well. Um, also, check out our social media tab. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages all in one place. Uh, or just search Nixter News on your social media platform of choice. Uh, post Always post in memes. Always post in memes. Uh, and with that, I will catch you guys... On the flip side.